0: All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hey, I love what's already happening this morning, chance for us to be with other dads. My name is, is Bron Brown. I'm director of student ministries here and also help direct our residency program here at Watermark. And I, I want to welcome you and, and thank you for joining us for the next five weeks. And I already want to challenge you to be committed to be here every Thursday at this ungodly hour in the morning. Uh, we are excited about uh, the next five weeks that we're going to get to share with you this incredible challenge and privilege of being a dad. And uh, we are I know all of us in this room feel like, oh, man, I need help. And so this book that you have in front of you, I want to give you just a couple of things. There's some homework in that book each week, and we're going to challenge you to be diligent to do that homework uh, before the next week. And there's going to be a table leader each week at your table that will help facilitate our discussion. It should be a great time together. And I want to really encourage you to be real and vulnerable. We're all challenged uh, by this this idea of being a dad. And so I want to encourage you with that. When I was in college, I had the privilege of playing basketball. And uh, I, uh, well, let me put it this way. I had great seats and all the water I could drink is really what happened to me in college. And I remember one time in practice, there was a deal that happened, and I, and I stopped, and I said, hey, coach, what should I do there? I, I don't know what to do. And, and I had this guy named Abe Lemons that was my coach. And Abe was this older guy, and he was in his last uh, season of basketball coaching. And he said, well, Brown, what do you think you should do? That was his answer. And I said, well, I don't know. You're the coach. Could you help me figure out what I'm supposed to do there? And it was almost like he was disgusted with the question. Hey, what, what, what do you think you should do? You should, have, you should have this figured out. You're in college now. You're playing college ball. You should have learned all this. And I wonder if us as dads sometimes as we think, hey, we should have all the answers. And the reality is we don't. And we need others to help coach us. And I know I need that. About five years ago, we did this class two consecutive times. And many men like, like this morning joined us. And I remember going to the class and thinking, man, this is such good stuff. I need some tracks to run on as a dad. Because if I don't have tracks, if I don't have uh, something that I'm shooting for, then I can move towards passivity or I can move towards, well, I hope it goes well. And so what we hope to do is not give you all the answers because the, there's a lot of challenges coming. I'm a, I'm a dad of three boys. I have a high school student. I have a junior high uh, boy, and then I have an elementary boy. And I, used to, I remember coming home, I'd, I'd look at my wife as I was driving home or when I was thinking about what was happening, and I would say, man, I hope nothing bad happened today. That used to be my kind of prayers. Man, Lord, I hope nothing, I'm not stepping into anything. And now it's, Lord, what is this, what's the challenge going to be today? What am I heading into, and would you help me to respond in a way that honors you and gives life to my kids? So we're excited about uh, these next weeks with you. There's going to be a, how this will look every week is someone will share for about 25 or 30 minutes, and then you'll get a chance where, where the, a lot of the, the magic, so, so to speak, happens. is going to be at your table as you're talking with other dads, and you're, help, you're being a teammate. You're helping coach each other. And, uh, and talking and praying with each other and, and recognizing that we're in the battle together. So the guy you're going to hear from this morning is the one that helped lead this for us years ago. And, and now is our campus pastor in Plano, uh, a good friend of, of mine and been on staff here at Watermark since the beginning. And so I'm really excited for you to hear this morning from Mr. Kyle Kegler.
1: Well, that's the first time Braun has introduced me and not taken a pot shot at gray hair or old age or fat belly or something like that. So I'm wondering, Braun, if now that I've got the mic second, if it's my turn, right? (laughs) That's right. Hey, we are really glad uh, that you guys are here, and some of you guys know that last week we did uh, a conference for 750 leaders at various churches, really, and we can honestly say from all around the world. We had several countries here, and it was awesome. You guys heard a little bit about it on Sunday, but I want to let you know what we're doing the next five weeks here is every bit as important as what we did last week. I believe it propels the kingdom forward just as much as what we did last week. This thing of being a dad really matters. And so I know that there are some guys here probably that haven't figured out um, who God is or who Jesus Christ is or are wrestling uh, with some of those questions, and I want to let you know, hey, we're really glad that you're here. Uh, There are leaders around your table. There's folks at your table that can help you think through that, but what you're going to hear really all five weeks is the biblical foundation for being a parent, and so I can tell you, I've got uh, three daughters, I've got a uh, sophomore at a and a sophomore at Baylor, so twins, and then I've got a senior at Lake Highlands High School, so we're about to hit empty nest. And I will tell you just personally, if I hadn't had the stuff that we're going to talk about in these five weeks, my family would look incredibly different than it does now. And so we're going to spend some time looking at God's word. We're going to try to give you some handles so that you can kind of put, um, put handles on how you be a great dad. So let's pray. Let's ask God to change our hearts, open our hearts to what he wants us to learn, and then we'll dive in. Father, thank you for uh, the great privilege that we have um, to be your kids And now, to be parents, to be dads. And it is a privilege, uh, Father, but it is an awesome responsibility. And so I pray these next five weeks, Lord, as we teach, as we talk around tables, Father, that you would change us and transform our lives so that we could be a great father a great dad to our kids, a great husband to our wives. We don't have the ability to do that. Our hearts wander away from that goal all the time. And so, Father, we need a supernatural power, a supernatural transformation to do that. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. I also know and just have heard in the last couple of days, I know for sure that there are some guys that are single dads that are here. Man, we're so glad that you're here. You're going to hear us talk about husbands and wives quite a bit, but I just want you to know we've got a single parent ministry here. We know how difficult that is to raise kids as a single parent, and so we're really glad you're here. Then I know there are some guys that are here that aren't dads yet, and so way to go, right, to begin to get an outline, begin to think a philosophy, a biblical philosophy of how to raise kids. So let's jump in, and I want to give you four reasons why this thing makes sense, okay, this dad's class looking at this biblical foundation. And the first one is this biblical parenting thing moves God's kingdom forward as much as anything else That we can do. And so, our call as Christ followers is to go and make disciples. And I just want to plant in your brain and in your heart that our first disciples are in our house. That we have an incredible responsibility to disciple our kids so that they can be significant for God's kingdom. And when our kids are significant, For God's kingdom, that gives them another 50, 60, 70 years of kingdom impact. And so this parenting thing really matters because we're making disciples and we get a chance to spend however many hours a day, whether that's four or 10 or 12, with our kids. And so it advances God's kingdom. The second thing that does is that you need to know that your kids are already headed in the wrong direction. They came out of the womb headed for destruction. Anybody want to argue with me on that? Especially those that have two and three-year-olds right now? Okay, there is a selfishness, an independence, a "I want to do it my way. My daughter looked at me one time, gave me the finger, and said, I am the boss around here. Okay, and she was right to some degree. Um, and so your kids are going the wrong direction from the womb, And they need a divine interruption that is you as their parent to help them move back to a path that's going to bring them what we say is the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And apart from you as God's chosen person for your kids, jumping in and helping them learn about God, about life with him, it's going, to be, it's going to be crazy for them as they grow up. Third thing, and this is a really big deal. I'm not going to ask you guys to raise your hands. A lot of times I will do that. But there's a lot of guys in here that come from families that had dads um, that were really dysfunctional. That, that's, that's my story. And so my dad basically left our family when I was kind of a young, young teenager. And I never saw him again. And so the good news is that I know that my dad loved me. He never told me that, but if there was a ball involved, we were spending time together. It didn't matter what shape it was. So we spent time together, but he wasn't a spiritual man. He had all kinds of addictive problems in his life. And then at the age, basically, when I was 15, he walked in one night and just said, hey, I don't love your mom anymore, and I'm out, and I never saw him again. And he died three years later with that relationship unreconciled. I kind of did the wrong thing, and I cut him off. I just said, hey, if you're going uh, to get to have your little affair, and uh, I, I don't want you to be able to have your cake and eat it too and see your kids. So I, I developed this heart that just kind of said, I'm going to punish you. And uh, a few years later, I heard that my dad said to somebody else, hey, it was the, the worst decision I ever made was to leave my family. And it was like, yes, victory. And just so you know, that's why I'm in region right now, working through the hardness of heart that that created. But my point in all that is the family chain of fatherdom in both sides of our family that came to us was not good. And there's a lot of guys in the room that had parents, moms or dads that didn't love you well or care for you well. And I just want to tell you today, man, decide during this five-week parenting class that you're going to break the chain that you're going to start parenting God's way. That's the name of this week, commit, and commit to do this thing God's way. And we're going to look at the scripture, and the scripture is going to tell us why that's important here in a little bit. But decide to be the one in the family tree that breaks the chain and the direction of bad parenting, if that is the history of your family. And then the last thing, I just want to let you know, very different than when I was a kid, I used to, when I was a kid, at eight thirty or nine o'clock in the morning, my mom—I'm fifty-three—my mom would send me out and said, "See it dark, right?" And I was out, bike, guns, play guns, right, Um, all of that, and literally all the neighbors were watching out for everybody's kids. And I'd show up, and I showed up after dark, I got a spanking, and we kind of learned the lesson. But that's the way we lived. I got a chance to speak in Plano on Sunday, and for you guys that are over 50, they used to have these blue laws, right, where everything was closed on Sunday, and we had this kind of Sabbath day, right? And our culture is so different now that how many of your wives would let your six, seven, eight-year-old kids go out in the neighborhood and say, see you at dark? Nobody, right? So it's really different and it's harder because we have to be with our kids all the time. And so here's what I want to tell you. If you don't dive into your kid's life and be intentional and have a plan for the discipleship of your kids, you're going to lose because the culture is so strong. Okay, if you let their telephones, if you let media, if you let movies, if you let anything else raise your kids, you are going to lose. You are going to invite, they are going to invite destruction upon their life. And so I hope that during this class that you decide, hey, I'm going to be intentional about discipling my kids and I am going to come up with a plan on how to do that, and so most of you guys are business guys, jobs, and you have a plan for your business, right? You have a plan for how you're going to take vacation. You have a plan for all those things, but my hunch is you don't have a plan for how to raise your family, and so that's what we're going to do these next five weeks is give you a plan, how do I step into the life of my family, and how do I be intentional about discipling my kids, And so before we jump into Deuteronomy 6, I want to remind you guys of two things. And so listen, because this will set you free, okay, as you go through your parenting. I'm about done. Four months from now, my last kid leaves the house. I'm done. Now, I'll still play a role, but it looks really different. And this this helps me. God's grace covers a multitude of parenting mistakes, Because you are going to make them. You're going to lose it with your kid. You're going to be manipulative with your kid. You're going to train their behavior and not train their heart. You're going to be short with their mom. That is going to happen all the time. And so the solution is you own it as quickly as you can apologize, ask for forgiveness of your kids, of your wife, and keep right on going on being intentional at discipling your kid, knowing that God's grace covers a multitude of parenting mistakes. And so the second parenting truth, before we dive in, is it is never too late to be a great dad. And so I see some guys in here that are granddads. And I see some guys in here that are older dads and kids are probably teenagers. And you look back and you're going to hear a ton of stuff like I did around here and say, oh my gosh, I wish I would have known that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And so there may be some guilt and shame running around these next five weeks. It's never too late. You can play granddad, uncle, mentor, if you're a mentor or you're mentoring one of our West Dallas kids, man, all these principles we're going to talk about apply to that. And so God's grace covers a multitude of parenting mistakes and it's never too late to be a great dad. All right, let's dive into Deuteronomy 6 and if you don't get anything else, okay, in your five weeks, you need to know that Deuteronomy 6 is the foundational passage for you to be a parent. Okay, y'all are gonna talk about a ton of other scripture in the next four weeks after today. This is the place. When parenting is not going well at your house, being a father is not going well at your house, this is where you go. And Deuteronomy 6, one through nine, lines out really nicely. And so you're gonna see it on the slides, but it basically answers what we train our kids Okay, what we yeah what we train our kids, why we train our kids, how we train our kids, and when we train our kids. So it teaches us all those things. So let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 and read it together and then just make a couple of points on it. It says this, 1 through 3, it says, now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you your son, your grandson, might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I commanded you all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. O Israel, you should listen. Be careful to do it, the commandments. That it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly just to the Lord, the God of your fathers has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. So why in the world do we have to teach our, why do we teach our kids? And there's two reasons. Number one, it's a command. A ton of times in that passage of scripture, God says, hey, this is a commandment. I am telling you, do this, and in that passage, it will go well with you. So it's a, we do it because it's a command of God, and we do it because it will bring blessing in your life. And so in that passage, verses 1 through 3, there's three L's. Land, little ones, and long life. Okay, that is the Old Testament definition of blessing. And in those three verses, it just says, if you will obey my commands, your life is going to be blessed. Now, let me be really clear. I'm an Oral Roberts University graduate. Blessing at ORU means something very different than what we're talking about. Okay, blessing at ORU means lots of money, Cadillacs, uh, lake houses, mountain houses, all that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm talking about when I say blessed. What I'm talking about, again, the fruit of this, but your life is going to be characterized by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control if you obey God's commands. And so it really is a formula, okay? That doesn't mean your kids aren't going to get sick, break a leg. It doesn't mean that you're going to have all kinds of money, That it means that you're going to walk through those things with a a peace that passes all understanding, And so why we teach, it's because it's a command and you'll be blessed. Let's look verses four and five. This will look really familiar to you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And this is what, basically what we teach our kids This answers that question. This is the, in in Israel, this is called the Shema. And it's the rallying cry for Israel. It's similar in in the U.S. to our cry for freedom. Right, We celebrate it. We have parades around it. But the Shema is basically a national commitment that our God is one, and we're going to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus came back to that, Matthew 22, 37 through 39, and said, in all the law is summed up in this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So here's what we're teaching our kids. Full devotion to Jesus Christ. Christ is what we're teaching our kids. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. And let me tell you why that's important. It seems really simple. There are a lot of parents that give their kids just enough Jesus to inoculate them to the gospel. Okay? So, I want my kid to be a cheerleader. I want my kid to be the best one on the sports team. And I want them to get just enough Jesus to be nice and to be well-liked. Okay, and I'm telling you that if you teach your kids, you give them just enough, it's going to be just as bad as giving them nothing. Okay, and so you need to, we'll talk about this in a minute, you need to model in your own life full devotion to Christ with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength, and that should be the rallying cry of your family, and so, it was great. So, Scott Michaels in the room with us today. And so, there were years ago, I was at Scott's house. And so, I, th- they do a great job of decorating. And in their house, they've got a, uh, a black, basically a, um, a board that's got chalk on it, okay? And it's got the, the, the nine watermark values on it, right? Biblically based, Christ-centered, authentic in our walk, committed to the uncommitted, all of those things. And that's part of their decor in their kitchen. Here are the values for how we're going to live our life. And they talk about them all the time. It's part of their life. And so I hope that as we, we leave today we'll or in your small groups, we'll evaluate, how am I doing? Am I giving my kids just enough Jesus to inoculate them to the gospel or am I sold out to telling them, hey, your life looks really different Because you're a Christian. I kind of discouraged my kids from getting baptized, okay, until they understood that walking with Jesus was countercultural. My kids grew up in a Christian family, great church here at Watermark, went to a private Christian school through eighth grade. They had no idea that it was difficult to be a Christian until they went to public school in ninth grade. And so I just kind of discouraged them from getting baptized and declaring that I am a follower of Christ publicly until they knew it was difficult. And so it's important that we teach our kids at a young age to be fully devoted to Christ and then to live that out with your help as they go along. All right, let's look at six six. So chapter six, verse six, it says, these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart, Deuteronomy 6.6. 6. That's all I need to say. So what, how do you teach your kids? Okay, you teach them out of your own transformation. It's the most important thing your kids can see. Okay, they need to see a dad who three years ago was angry, got frustrated often with his wife, and now he's more tender and he's more kind and he's more fun. And so they your kids need to see a transforming a transforming dad in front. Of their eyes. And so this passage just says it's got to be on your heart first before it can be on your kids' heart. So let me just tell you a principle that I hate, okay? Your kids will get your junk. Okay? If you have bad eating habits like Kyle did for the first 45 years of his life, I've got kids that have bad eating habits. Okay, if you, uh, I don't pay attention to detail, and it drives my wife crazy. I've got kids, especially one, that is worse than me. Okay? But if you don't deal with your stuff, your kids are gonna get it. And it's why Regen and ReEngage and those programs that we have here, those ministries we have here are so important. If you're sitting around your table these next five weeks, And stuff comes up and, hey, I'm addicted to whatever, okay? It could be food, which is socially acceptable, okay, which is still just as bad as anything else, okay? And you can't make progress in that. Go get help for the sake of your kids because your kids are going to get your junk and they need to see you dealing with your stuff and growing through those things that are your issues, Now let's look at chapter uh, chapter six, seven through nine and talk about when we teach our kids. It says this, "'You shall teach them diligently to your sons "'and shall talk of them when you sit in your house "'and when you walk by the way and when you lie down "'and when you rise up. "'You shall bind them as a sign on your hand "'and they shall be on your frontals, on your forehead. "'You shall write them on the doorpost of your house "'and on your gates.'" And so I, I'm just gonna summarize that for you. When do you teach your kids? All the time. All the time. You can look, don't get let, let me tell you how a family devotional works at the Kegler's household. I get in from work, Trisha says we're gonna eat in 15 minutes, and so I go turn on the TV or I do something, dinner's ready. Hey, what did I learn today and join the journey? What can I talk to my kids about? And I'm at the dinner table. That's my preparation for my devotional at dinner. We get freaked out like we got to go spend 10 hours reading commentaries and all that to be ready to teach our kids. We don't. Verse six is, six says, we teach out of the overflow of our own heart. And so just start talking to your kids about what you're learning, what happened in your day. Hey, I lost it with my boss today and it did not go well for me. Start having those conversations with your kids. So structured time is great. One of the things that we did is once a month, we would take one of the hard, for instance, we just said how to study your Bible. And so I did a, I got, a day when they could sleep in, and I just said, hey, all I care about is all three of y'all need to give me an hour. And so they had their blankets and their pillows, and they'd get up at whatever time high school kids get up, 11 a.m. or whatever, and we'd sit down, and we'd talk through, how do you study God's Word? Okay, or how do you handle a situation, okay, that came up at school? And so we had some intentional time Okay, well, it was pre-planned. Most of our stuff was spur-of-the-moment, teachable moments. That's the way discipleship happened in our house, is take advantage of what happened during your day, what's happening right now, role-play with your kids. How would you do that different? And always take them back to the fact that, hey, The foundation is the scripture. And so I told my kids all the time, I said, I tell them, say, hey, and it's not luck, but this is what I tell them anyway. It's your bad luck that you were born into this family. Because we have decided, we have bet the farm, okay, that Jesus Christ is the son of God and and the Bible is our authority, conscience, and guide and everything. And so that's the way we're going to live. So if you want to buck up against that for the next 18 years, be my guest, Okay, it's not going to go well for anybody. Okay, but we've declared that early and often that this is how we're going to live. And so they know that. And so we can use God's word, the Bible, as a way to help us love and care for them. And did my kids have rebellious seasons? Absolutely. We had a really rough Year and a half with one of our daughters that just thought little white lies and managing information and telling us she was somewhere when she was somebody else and was somewhere else. And um, she was just being deceptive. And it was a long year and a half of us cranking down on freedom and responsibility. And it was not pretty at the Kegler household, right, for those seasons. So that stuff happens. But it was always back to hey, God tells us in our God tells us in his word and in our family, man, the truth is a big deal. And so we're gonna tell the truth. And so just remember as things get a little crazy, Deuteronomy six one through nine is the place to go. And so when do we teach? All the time, teachable moments. If you want to do some structured stuff, that's really great. If that's kind of how you're wired, that's great. But you want to teach all the time out of the overflow of your heart. Okay, so I know we got a bunch of guys in this room. we got five more minutes to go. And so I'm going to give you the formula, okay, for raising kids. You ready? Think it's that easy? All right, so here's the formula. Model, train, pray, trust. Model, Train, pray, trust, and so like we talked about in Deuteronomy six six, the most important thing is you got to model what you're training, because your kids will do what you de- will do what you do, and they are less likely to do what you say. And so you modeling for your kids, whatever character trait or whatever attitude that you want them to have, okay, if you want them to walk in peace in their life, then you better walk in peace in your life. And you better go to your kids and your wife and say, hey, I'm not good at this. I need help. Let's do this together. Get your community group involved. Okay, but modeling is really, really important. Second is train, okay? I hope you walk out of this class with a plan for how I am going to train, how you're going to train your kids. Now, whether that's three nights a week, we're going to sit around the table at dinner and talk about a passage of scripture. We're going to do memory work at night. I don't know what that is for you. You guys figure that out around your tables and in community groups, but you have got to intentionally train your kids. Like we talked about earlier. if you don't, you will lose your kids to the culture, and so you have got to counteract be God's divine interruption into what's happening. So model train next is pray. Okay? Pray when you're by yourself for your kids. Pray character traits that you want them to have. Pray against character traits or bad character traits that you don't want them to have. Pray with your kids. Okay? And not just at bedtime. Okay, which that's awesome, and that's a great thing. But when your kids come home and they've had a tough day, man, put your arm around your daughter or your son and just say, hey, let's pray about that so that they know that continue, you can go to God anytime. You don't have to just go at night. And it's awkward at first, right? It feels weird. It's still hard for me to pray with my wife, right? I have to push through, okay, the awkwardness of that. And we've been married almost 25 years, and it's still a little weird for me Okay, pray when you're by yourself, pray with your kids, and pray with your wife. Okay, because let me tell you, you are not gonna be able to predict what's gonna happen to your kids, what kind of storms are gonna come your way through your kids, and you're gonna need to pray. Okay? And all prayer is, is getting our heart aligned with God. Right? That, that's all that is. And the last one, and maybe the toughest, and we need to do a mom's class, because this is especially tough for moms trust. Okay? Model, train, pray, do everything you can, and go to sleep. Okay, trusting God that He cares more about your kids than you do. Okay, that is difficult. There it is crazy what's going on in our sports world, in our academic world these days. And so, I mean, I can't tell you how many of our Plano parents, right? Are, hey, my kid's not getting in the right class. So I'm going to go up and I'm going to go talk to the, to the principal and I'm going to make sure she gets in this class with these friends and the right teacher. Or I'm going to go up to the coach and I'm going to say, gosh, my son's really pretty quick. He probably needs to be a forward, right? He probably needs to be up there scoring goals. Okay, and we're, we're manipulating our way through a lot of our kids' development instead of trusting, hey, I'm going to take my hands off of this thing and whatever happens, we're going to use this as teachable moments for our kids. And let me tell you the ultimate trust problem for us. Great parents have prodigal kids, you can do everything that I've said today, everything you're gonna learn in these five weeks, and you will get you may get rebellion. Okay, so let's think about it, right? Garden of Eden, perfect father, perfect environment. What'd you get? Rebellion. Right? And so it happens. There are some incredible parents around this place that have modeled, trained, prayed, trusted for years. And they've got kids who have walked away from the faith, walked away from morality. And so at that point, we have got to just take our hands off and say, hey, God, you love them more than I do. And so that is difficult, and I have to help my wife with that all the time. She has to help me on the sports side. I have to help her on the education side, right? It just said, hey, we got to just let it go. We don't need to jump in there. We don't need to manipulate, go manipulate test scores. We don't need to do any of that kind of stuff. Let's just trust that God's got a plan here. And he's going to use all these things to form and shape the character of our kids. And so the last thing I want to show you, this is in your book. This will be great conversation to have around the table. And so we'll just talk about it real briefly. This is kind of a chart that... um, the guys from a ministry called Orange came up with. But it's basically, the, when we talked about the when we teach, it's basically a chart that just kind of shows you how you can use the different times of your day as a father. So, mealtime, your communication style is a more formal, structured discussion. You play the role of a teacher, and the goal is to establish values. Right, drive time, when you're in the car, it's informal dialogue. You're the role of a friend and you help them interpret life, what's happened through those days. And so you guys could just talk through that. How do I do that? How do I put language with my kids and take full advantage of meal times and drive times, bed times, and morning times? And it's just a chart to kind of give you some structure to that. And so it just kind of wraps it up and gives you some application to talk about in your small groups. Let me just tell you, Braun touched on this. The homework assignment for this week, okay, look, the homework is not that much in this class. The homework is really hard. It's not a lot. It's just difficult. And so the challenge for today is that you'll go home tonight, tomorrow night, before next week. You'll set up a date with your wife, and you will talk about Deuteronomy 6 and say with your bride, hey, are we committed to parenting our kids the way God wants us to parent our kids? Talk through that. What are the areas where we're not doing that? Okay, where are the areas where we're trying to control and manipulate and maybe make our kids um, be something that they're not designed to be? And just have a great conversation with your. I promise your wife will love it, but it's awkward, starts at the beginning. And so we're just going to ask you to be courageous, push through that, and have that conversation with your bride about are we committed to doing this this way. So we're going to take the last 45 minutes or so of our time. We're going to jump around small groups. There's great questions in the book about just get to know each other. There's a really fun question where you just ask about, um, hey, what kind of parents did you have were they lenient or controlling? And just kind of talk through, there's just great questions out there. So let me pray for us one more time and then we'll jump into small groups. So Father, all this was was, um, your, say all, it was your word, it was information. Now would you take it and as we talk about it around the tables, Lord, would you allow transformation? Father, would you convict us? Not shame and guilt, Lord, but would you convict us in the areas where we're not doing all that you've called us to do? Would you encourage us in the areas where we are doing well? Would you identify growth areas for us? And so, Father, we need you to do that. As I prayed at the beginning, it's a supernatural thing, Father, for us to walk deeply with you and to raise godly families, and so we need your help. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: All right, guys. Hey, let me, uh, let me thank you for coming again today. I think we got it all figured out, right? I mean, we, we, got, we know what we're doing. Uh, we are excited about the next four weeks with you. Let me encourage you to do the homework that has been uh, in the book that's assigned you. Go through the questions. Answer those questions before you come. Uh, that will help your discussion. And uh, I want to keep encouraging you, too, to be honest and, and vulnerable with, hey, th- here's the challenges that are going on in my home. We all have them, all of us. And so um, what we tell you is you could, you're welcome to stay around longer if you'd like to. We know some of you uh, need to get on to that place called work. And uh, so we, we want to give you a chance to do that if you need to, but you're welcome to stay. Let me pray and thank the Lord for our time, and then you guys can uh, go as you need to. Father, thank you for... Uh, this morning, thank you for other brothers in Christ who are in uh, this incredible challenge and privilege uh, with us of being a dad and being a, a husband and and Lord, we just confess we need you we need you every minute and every hour of the day and so we're thankful that we can turn to you the one who is our heavenly Father and can help us even through the challenges of being a father here, we pray that we wouldn't pass on an empty way of life to our kids. We would pass on life to them. And so would you help us? Would you help us today to abide with you in such a way that we could give that away to our kids and our family because it'd be the overflow of our walk with you. So would you bless these guys and their workplaces today? Would you use them as salt and light there? And we thank you again for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.